0: You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt.
1: Hey guys, welcome into another episode of 2M Football. I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking off season acquisitions. As we get Trades up, and moves. Trades and moves, yep. And just as we get closer to the regular season, um, I mean, I myself realized that I wasn't caught up on everything that happened over the past several months and maybe you're not either. So we're going to talk about some of the, some of the highest profile uh, moves that were made in the last, in the last few months.
0: And to be sure. So everyone knows we did make sure we did our best to update before this recording session to make sure we were on top of it. But due to the ongoing pandemic, the moves and trades are very sporadic and random so at this time of recording these are what we know of at that time so it's very yep. possible by the time this releases things could have changed
1: yep and for full disclosure it's wednesday july 22nd when we're, as we record this it's we think all the big news is behind us uh but you never know what could happen in the next uh 6 weeks or so before the season actually gets underway um, but yeah, we're going to talk about what we know. Fingers
0: crossed, there'll be season 2020.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. We're just all operating under that assumption for now, <laughs> until we hear differently. But um, don't but worry, yeah.
0: even if there is no season, we will be here with something. We'll, we'll, we'll do
1: something, yeah, because we we I know we can't go a full, you know, we can't go a whole year without football. So we'll we'll find something to fill the time.
0: Uh, that's when eleven years of friendship ends, and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs>
1: All right, so you want to jump into this list? It's in in no particular order, but uh, just what we came up with and what we are able to find in terms of the biggest moves that have happened. So let's get the ball rolling with Dak Prescott uh, signing the franchise tag with the Cowboys.
0: Dak attack, Dak attack. (laughs) Um, It's kind of amazing, though, that they have not yet, as of this time, reached a long-term deal. But I do believe it is coming. And I only think that the Cowboys are going to be hurting themselves in the long run. Dak turned down a $100 million offer. And I think he's banking reportedly. on himself this year. What?
1: I said, I said reportedly. I don't know if that's confirmed. But yeah, that's what, you know, that's what the team put out there anyway, is that there was a $100 million guaranteed offer on the table. And, and he turned it down because he thinks he's worth more, which is totally you know, his prerogative to do that. <clears throat> and I think the quote from him, from Dak himself, was that he's, he's bet on himself his whole life and it's paid off so far.
0: And I think it's going to continue to. And I think this is a move where if they don't make the off, uh, another offer soon, by the end of the season, they're only going to have to pay him more. Yeah, it I, could think, I think the offseason cool. moves, the re-signings, the way they have the team, the coaching change, I think Dak is in a really good position this year.
1: Yeah, they've got – so they already had two great receivers in uh, Mari Cooper and then uh, Michael Gallup, who I think was a rookie last year, but he had a very productive season. And then, of course, they added C.D. Lamb in the draft. Uh, I'm excited third, about that. Yeah, yeah, so they've got three – big time receivers now of course they have Zeke and one of the best O-lines in the league so Dak is definitely set up to have all kinds of success
0: and don't get me wrong I like Jason Garrett and this isn't a full shot at him but they now have a head coach with a history of winning
1: yeah and I think you're Mike McCarthy
0: on. has a McCarthy, proven, yes. mm-hmm. proven track record that he can win and yeah. it would be foolish to think that even if he wanted to, and we know Jerry Jones, odds are, is never going to move on from Prescott unless something incredible were to happen, like Patrick Mahomes was to become available for some weird reason. Like <laughs> yeah. Dak is Dak is locked into Dallas. And I think McCarthy is an excellent head coach for him. So I'm really, for the first time in a long time, actually excited about the Dallas Cowboys. That they have the potential. What? Go ahead. What? Finish up. What? <laughs> interrupt me like that
1: hey man i thought you were done you just keep talking Hey, i
0: will i will fly over there no i won't i will drive over there
1: <laughs> i was gonna say that'd be a real short flight
0: uh, currently i'm not flying anywhere but i will drive down there to beat you okay um i just think that this they made the moves necessary and put this team in a position where it's really on the team as a whole to fail or succeed. Like they have all the parts, they have everything in place and a better coaching staff. It's like you are handed everything you need. It is now up to each one of you as a unit to make this work or make it fail.
1: Yeah. And like you said, McCarthy comes into a good situation. It reminds me a bit of the offense that they had going in green Bay uh, for the Super Bowl run. I'm not saying Dak is Aaron Rodgers, but he's a good quarterback and they've got their three really dynamic wide receivers. They've got a this you know, one of the best running games in the league. So it's a great situation for him to come into. The and defense
0: from, is stacked too.
1: And then from Dak's perspective, it makes a lot of sense um turning down that deal potentially if he thinks he can get more, because even if he you know, even if he has a down year this year and the Cowboys don't want him back, someone's going to pay him next offseason, just based on his body of work so far. Yep. Um, so.
0: Anything short of an injury, and he's only going to increase in value.
1: Yeah, definitely see this probably working out for uh, both parties long-term.
0: Well, I would say it works out to Dax more, because Jerry Jones will just end up having to fork out more and right. more money.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm.
0: Rather than just kind of sitting him down, saying, what do you think your value is? and negotiating Uh, it from there but i suspect after this year he will lock into a four to five year contract that will be bank breaking
1: right yep
0: and as i said many years ago when two other quarterbacks that entered the league at that time it was rg3 and andrew luck i said luck was going to have the better career Out of Dak and Carson Wentz, I think Dak continues to prove that he, in the long term, I believe, will be a much more successful quarterback. And this is the year for that to really stand out.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting take. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. Uh, Love me some Carson Wentz, and I don't think he's had the same opportunities. He's not in as good a position, probably, as Dak. Well, yeah, when you're sitting on the IR bench.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I went there. Come at, come at me, bro. I'm ripped. <laughs> you,
1: okay. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, anything else to say about Dak?
0: No. I mean, I mean, other than I I think the Cowboys win slash lose in the long run with this. Yeah, They win because they're going to lock in their quarterback for quite a long time. They're going to lose from just a money perspective because he's only going to increase in value.
1: Right. Could have locked him up this year potentially for even less less than what he'll be able to ask for after another potentially successful season.
0: They go at least 8-8 eight, eight and no injuries. It goes up from there. Yep. And I think that's completely doable.
1: Cool. Next on the docket here, uh, probably the biggest signing of the offseason was uh, Tom Brady not being re-signed by New England and instead signing a two-year deal uh, worth $50 million with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was shocking to me.
0: I don't think anybody, well, there were rumors for what, the past two or three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About Brady and New England, but nobody really, nobody was going to believe it till it happened. And then it happened. And I think it still is sinking in with a lot of people that yeah, when you see number 12 on the field, it is not going to be with the head of New England. It is going to be with the pirate flag of the Buccaneers. <laughs> and I think, people are still going to be getting used to seeing that. But I really, this is kind of my, my ultimate experiment from what I've said for a very long time, is certain players work well in systems, and that you can't just plug and play any player from any team into a new team, and it just, the magic continues. Mm-hmm. And Brady was always my go-to. Can you take Tom Brady out of Josh McDaniel's offense plug them into a whole new system, and still get the high level that is expected, and we've come to know from it. When you've developed such a reputation and rapport and continuity with one thing, when you uproot it, there is a massive change, not just in the lingo, but in the way you run it. Granted, the Bucs are going to build their offense around Tom Brady for the next two years and do what it takes to make him perform, but it really is going to show. Was Brady just systematic due to the fact he was with Josh McDaniels for so long, or is he the type that can break the mold and be a plug and play quarterback in any system?
1: Right. And the system is interesting. Uh, Everyone recognizes, I think Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, prowess as a coordinator, a game planner and a play designer, but the personnel in new England has been sort of on the decline around Brady the past few years. Like last year, he still had Edelman, and uh, you know a thirty-four-year-old Edelman, but he's still still Edelman. Uh, but besides that, he's been throwing primarily to James White because last year no Gronk, no receiving tight end at all. Actually, they they had drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round, but he spent most of the year on IR, so he ended up throwing the ball to guys like Philip Dorsett. They Mohamed's the new yep halfway through the season, but it's just a a lower. No offense to anyone, but it's a lower quality of player than he's used to playing with. So you're right that it'll be a new scheme in Tampa Bay, but I think the personnel is a massive upgrade. With You got Mike Evans, who's been one of the top receivers in the league. He's Chris here. Godwin? Chris Godwin, the out last year. And then, yeah, they've got O.J. Howard. And, and he's got Gronk back, which sort of folds into this news, I guess, is that Bronk, or Gronk comes out of retirement and they, they trade for him. Uh, from New England to pair with Brady once again. So we're going to see what that looks like. But he's got the weapons to be successful. It's like you said now, it's just a question of them all getting on the same page, the scheme fit. And that's going to be an interesting uh, challenge, especially this off season where the season activities have been, right, they've been limited. They haven't been able to all get together on an official basis. Of course, you've seen them the videos of them working out together and throwing passes, but that's different than, you know, having Bruce Arians in your face and <laughs> yelling at you and, and implementing specific schemes.
0: You play? love me some Bruce Arians. So I think I know you do <laughs> like, more than anybody. Like he, he loved his time in Arizona and then to come in and I'm going to take that shot downgrade yeah. to Jameis Winston. And the struggles like, I think Winston has the ability. He's still on the Bucks, right? He's, he's Brady's backup now.
1: No, no, he—they uh, let him go. He's—he's the. Uh, oh,
0: that's target. right. Oh man, can you imagine not like leaving a team that Tom Brady's going to and realizing you don't get the learn? <laughs> I think the Bucks are, are geared up to make a shot. I mean, they're in the same division with Breeze and the Saints, Ryan's and the Falcons.
1: Yeah, like, those are going to be some incredible games to watch this season.
0: I don't want to put Matt Ryan completely on that level as them, but man, you've got some gunslingers and some shootouts in that division.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause none of those teams has a particularly strong defense, maybe the saints, but certainly not the Falcons or bucks uh, don't have the best defenses. And I will say, I do still have questions about Brady's arm strength at this point. You haven't seen him throwing down the field very much the past few seasons, which could be a personnel thing. Like we've, like we said, he didn't have the greatest weapons to throw to, and Edelman is famous for his uh, abilities out of the slot and you know short to intermediate routes. But I think it's going to be really interesting to keep a close eye on Brady's arm this year. Uh, definitely see it being a, another big Chris Godwin year I guess that's more his role—is that slot, um, slot, whatever, slot receiver. <laughs>
0: and yeah, that's what it is. The slot, whatever. Uh, I think that's the. Receives from the slot.
1: Yeah. So definitely one of the maybe probably the biggest storyline from the off season to keep an eye on this year.
0: It's going to be interesting. And just from the even at the base level of just seeing Brady not in a Patriots jersey.
1: Yeah. It's going to be uh it's going to be really strange. And Brady leaving New England obviously left a massive hole in their roster. One that, until recently, we were sort of unsure of how they would fill exactly. Well, we were all gearing up for Jared Stidham's season, who was a draft pick of theirs. Um, and we were wondering if anyone would sign Cam Newton kind of at the same time. And then these two things came together. The The Patriots, of course, did sign Newton. And uh, they got him on a, a cheap deal, just a one-year um, very risk-free for them. It is filled with some incentives, so if he works out on the field, they will pay him some more. But if it turns out he's not fully healthy or doesn't work out for you know any other reason, they'll be protected in that way. And uh, you know I think it's a great signing. I was really surprised that Newton hadn't been picked up by that point. Um, that being said, there are some sort of red flags with him. He's been hurt uh, the better part of the last two years. It was a foot injury suffered in the 2019 preseason that ended up costing him all of last season. Uh, And then back in 2018, about halfway through the year, he had a a shoulder injury. Uh, I think it was a rotator cuff, and he ended up going on IR that season too. So we haven't seen a fully healthy Cam in quite a while. And maybe the league forgot uh, what he could do, and that's why he lasted so long on the free agent market. But he is a former league MVP, and we'll see what he's got left in the tank. Uh, and like we talked about in the Brady discussion, there's still questions about the supporting cast in New England, but Cam definitely brings a unique skill set with his his running ability, his movement around and and outside of the pocket, and he's not uh, he's not one of those quarterbacks that slides down at the end of runs. He's a bruiser, which is which can be great in game, but it's also the reason that uh, or at least part of the reason that he's been banged up so much in his career. And his biggest concern, uh, besides durability, I guess, was his accuracy in Carolina. He's never been a high-completion percentage passer, but most of the time his the plays that he makes with his legs um, and the big ones he can make with his arms still, too, uh, will offset some of the kind of errant passes that he's prone to making. And he definitely makes uh, New England a, a competitive team again, once again this year. I'm just imagining uh, like the Bills seeing this news. They see Brady go, they're like, all right, he's gone. Now it's our turn to win this division. And then they go and sign another former league MVP to quarterback the team instead. Um, not saying they don't the Bills don't still have a shot. I think it's going to be really competitive. But I will just say that they did have a better chance of winning with Stidham quarterbacking the, the Patriots instead of Cam Newton. So great signing for them. Good to see Newton back in the league. And yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: And continuing on, like, think about this, Mike, not to age us or anything. We've seen Brady's whole career, what we thought was going to be in New England. We saw Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's careers. Eli, of course, in New York with the Giants. And we thought Peyton was going to stick with the Colts his entire career. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger will see his whole career in arguably Pittsburgh.
1: And are we thought mention,
0: we would. We are you going to mention my boy? <laughs> what? Are you going to mention my boy? I said. I very well could be. <laughs> Go on. We thought we were going to see Philip Rivers uh-huh. live and breathe Charger blood, and yet Philip Rivers goes to the Colts for a one-year deal worth twenty-five million. I don't know. Oh, is that, are, I you, can...
1: are you are you segueing us into the Philip Rivers signing?
0: That was the whole plan.
1: There was one more thing I thought you were going to say. And, and of course I'm going to bring it up is Brett Favre was another example. Another one of those quarterbacks who who becomes iconic for their franchise, but then at the tail end of it ends up leaving for one reason or another. And that's an interesting trend, Uh, but let's go into rivers. Yes. Where did he go?
0: Well, I just can't believe that once again... See, this is people are going to know now. You find a way to work Farv into it.
1: I mean, it was organic. Was, that was exactly what you were talking about.
0: <laughs> yes, but Favre was so 2013.
1: Uh, yeah, something like that. It's been a minute.
0: <laughs> it, we are so 2020. But yes, Philip Rivers going to the Colts. I like it, and yet it's still weird. Um, I thought Jacoby Prezet wasn't necessarily the worst replacement for Andrew Luck, given the fact Luck surprisingly retired in the beginning of last year. And it's just kind of funny that Rivers is, still is out of NC State as well. Just graduated a lot earlier than Jacoby right. Um But it is cool he reunites with Frank Wright and Nick Siriani, I believe is how you say his name, as the offensive coordinator hmm Um, I think this is gonna give him a big break due to the fact that I think Indy's gonna continue to hand Marlon Mack the ball.
1: Yeah, Marlon Mack, um, he's got the high draft pick on um oh shoot, why am I forgetting his name? Jonathan Taylor? I believe so. Um but anyway, they the yes, Jonathan Taylor. I'm gonna edit that out so it sounds like I know what I was doing. Uh, But yeah, Marlon Mack, they spent a high draft pick on Jonathan Taylor this offseason. A much
0: better offensive line.
1: I think the best in the league, or the highest rated in the league per PFF. But yeah, they definitely want to be a running team. Still questions about their weapons outside of T.Y. Hilton, who's of course one of the game's great deep threats.
0: I mean, outside of T.Y. Hilton, there's not much in terms of their receiving core. A handful of rookies. I mean, you've Mm -hmm. arguably got Jack Doyle at tight end who can receive and block. Mm-hmm. But they're going to need to, they're going to need more out of their their number two and slot receivers. Yeah, definitely. It cannot just be focused on Hilton, um, because very quickly, we, I think that if if they don't address it or develop a, a relationship quickly, mm-hmm. we're going to see a what looks like could be a stellar performance turn into ugly rather quickly stack the box double cover hilton and all of a sudden the offense will not move the ball
1: yeah that's a great point because who else is someone else is going to have to step up like you said could be rookie uh, michael Pittman. he was there uh another high draft pick this year but all of these it's going to take time for him to develop on his own but also to develop a chemistry with rivers because he's used to you know, Keenan Allen was his go-to guy in LA with the Chargers. Uh, I don't know who fills that role necessarily for the Colts because Ty is your is the deep threat, and uh, you got Jack Doyle to take on some of those short routes, but he's not an explosive playmaker by any means. So, yeah, they're going to need someone. And to it's just up. a
0: different dynamic because Rivers is very much a pocket passer. Brissett was more of a improviser.
1: Mm-hmm. and luck too luck could move he could get out of the pocket uh, when necessary and going off t- on a, a little bit of a tangent this division is going to be really competitive i i feel like most of our time watching football it's been uh, this division has probably been one of the uh, one of the worst in the league one of those ones where everybody in the in there ends up like 7 and 9 8 and 8 somebody gets into the playoffs who probably shouldn't and gets whacked in the first round <laughs> But that's not. Uh, you've got three legitimate contenders in this division now. The way I see it, And the Colts, Texans, and Titans are all legitimate. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Jacksonville.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what what happened to Jacksonville?
1: What happened is they, they What happened to there.
0: Minshew Magic? <laughs> they,
1: <laughs> I I love Minshew, <laughs> but the Jaguars are not going to be a competitive team this year. But yeah, it's Rivers is obviously the the focal point now and can he do because Brissett was a good quarterback he was a game manager they signed him to a couple year extension he's still with the team but they need someone who can elevate the offense to another level so that when they get into those close games or they need a comeback uh, rivers is they need rivers to be that guy who can uh, provide that for them
0: so is this going to be the ultimate test of whether it was the chargers as a whole, that blundered in the fourth quarter, or it was Rivers who blundered in the fourth quarter?
1: I, I think uh, that's a great way to put it, yeah. <laughs> I think that is going to be the test, because Rivers has been known to throw an interception or two. At the wrong time. At the wrong time. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if uh, see how that goes this year.
0: You know what the biggest breaking news is that nobody saw coming? What's that? The Saints re-signed quarterback Drew Brees. Well, it was either going to be that or
1: retirement for him. I don't, I don't see him being one of these. I don't see him joining the group of players who switches to a different team at the end of his career. I think he'll be a saint to the end.
0: As long as Sean Payton is the head coach, he will have Drew Brees. Hmm. You know who else he's going to have? Who? Taysom Hill.
1: Oh yeah, they a lot of people like that Taysom Hill guy.
0: I like him. I I don't think there's anyone that has more fun with the game of football than he does. Mm. Wow, no comment.
1: Now, <laughs> no, just a, as a as a viewer of the NFL and someone who doesn't <laughs> like the Saints particularly, I, I'm a little bit irked by Taysom Hill.
0: <laughs> That's not what you said earlier.
1: That's not what I said off microphone when we weren't recording. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i i mean everybody's there to win and do a job but there are certain players who just have fun and for somebody who is drafted as a quarterback and has seemingly done everything but and has had everything but mm-hmm. being a quarterback of yeah. him <laughs> he just still maintains a smile like he generally just enjoys just being there oh yeah like I mean, he will game. run out there and it's like go hit that 280 pound linebacker. He's like, you got it. And he'll level them. Yeah. And I mean,
1: I guess you can't deny he's, 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 he's good. Um, I just don't understand how necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun in games when you get to just go out there and do uh, gadget plays. Yeah. <laughs> They brought in Jameis Winston, though, for a reason, to be back backup. And because I think, uh, like you sort of alluded to, maybe Taysom Hill is not the QB of the future. Maybe James. is I kind of hope
0: so, just to <laughs> prove you wrong. Not for the Saints legacy, but just to prove you wrong. That's fair. Because, hands down, I will trust Taysom Hill that we know little less about over the erratic Jameis Winston. Who you get one of two things. You either get an on point, excellent QB, or you get what just happened. And why did it happen? And how do we not let this happen?
1: <laughs> well, what just happened was he threw 30 touchdowns.
0: How many interceptions? I don't, I didn't read that part of the stat. I'm <laughs> yeah, not sure. Very, con- very <laughs> convenient. You <laughs> left that part out of it. I mean, you talk about Brett Favre. Yeah, my turn now. You talk about oh, Brett Favre you- being a 50. 50- A 50-50 on every throw. I mean, Winston was arguably the same way.
1: Now, Winston's more 40-60. It's probably more likely to be a pick. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I see what you mean, though, in the comparison. Um,
0: Like, granted, we haven't seen him. He's thrown a few times, we know that. But he was never, like, directly a quarterback backup.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I'll admit I haven't done the – homework on him I haven't watched college tape or anything I'm sure he's fine (laughs) he just kind of bothers me (laughs) here's what I'll say I don't like how excited the announcers get whenever he touches the football they're like oh Taysom Hill's in the game I'm gonna get so much crap for this take this is a bad take I feel like (laughs) I absolutely purposely did this it's just how I feel I didn't want to do it you dragged it out of me I'll say I don't like Taysom Hill as a football player (laughs) let's move on
0: (laughs) Um, it is interesting that, though, the presumed backup went to the Panthers, and that was Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm kind of excited to see him back in a starting role since his time in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. That time was cut short by that that awful knee injury, and then he was out of the league for a couple years, I think. Definitely good to see him
0: back. Titans making the splashes, would not only signing their running back to a long term, but also... Ryan Tannehill, who I think we saw a big resurgence in his career, partially yeah. due to the fact that the Titans are a run-heavy scheme, and that works well when a quarterback doesn't have to throw the football.
1: Or when they get to the throw off of a play action that the whole defense bites on. Yeah, it helps.
0: But um, I, think, I think it's good to see him because I really liked Tannehill, and I just think the situation in Miami was a little toxic.
1: Right. You always wonder, you've heard, we've heard so much from leak out over the years from players under, was it Adam Gase down there? Yeah. Just that it was not a good, uh, like you said, a toxic environment is probably a good way to put it. And yeah, because of that, you always wondered if it was really because of Tannehill that the team struggled so badly, or if there was something. It was just because now that, um, because you've seen a couple players have success with the new, uh, the new head coach, I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, there's a new system there. And we saw Devontae Parker, who was a high draft pick receiver five, six years ago, finally had his breakout year last year. Um, and uh, Kenyon Drake, I believe, was in Miami, and now he's flourishing in Arizona. So, uh, and, and Ryan Tannehill, too. He, he gets out. He gets to Brian
0: Forrest is the head coach.
1: Sorry. Oh, right. Brian Flores, of course, yeah. And he was who was with the Patriots organization before that, I think. So here's another example of them going on to do, I'm not going to say big things, but good good things. And then, yeah, so now we got Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, and he was a definite upgrade over Mariota last year.
0: He just seemed like he was – he seemed happier.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like he, he, he was in an element – I mean, I – I really think that he had, he had a team that would elevate him. And I just think it came down to a mismanagement. I mean, he had weapons in Miami, Uh but it it almost reminds me a bit of, and I know this is a shot, but it's not meant to be a negative shot is Joe Flacco with Baltimore. We know Flacco had a, has a cannon of an arm Mm -hmm. and yet, they ran a West coast type offense with a lot of short intermediate routes that I don't think that's what Flacco was designed for. And here I kind of see the similarity where Ryan Tannehill is really athletic and has a very good play action. Granted that's backed up by a strong run game, mm-hmm. but it's, it, they they play to those strengths and I don't think he was getting that within with Miami. Right.
1: Yeah. They didn't really have an identity to that offense the way that uh, the Titans do, especially after locking up Henry for a four-year extension, too. So they're going to have this same team. I think they added an offensive lineman in free agency also. So they're going to be able to have the same identity of being a a run-first, pass-second offense, and that suits Ryan Tannehill just fine. And he has strong weapons in the passing game here, too. You You had rookie A.J. Brown, uh, really break out last year. He's a just an absolute monster. Uh, you got Jonu Smith is, at the tight end is a pretty interesting receiving option now that uh, Delaney Walker has finally hung it up. Uh, Smith is way more athletic and can be a more dynamic playmaker for them. Uh, so I think Tannehill is set up for success here too.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be exciting to watch for a team that arguably took the playoffs by storm last year. Mhm. Like nobody. It was amazing that everyone kept betting against the Titans and they kept proving people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> well, the, the Titans football. knocked out the Ravens.
1: That yeah, that might have been the upset of the playoffs.
0: That moment was just like jaw dropping. Like the Tennessee Titans knocked out the number 1 seed Baltimore Ravens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well they're so good at what they do and they and they know what they want to do on offense. And
0: and it just baffles me, too, because you know what they're going to do. They're going to (laughs) give Derrick Henry the football, and they're going to run it right at you. And everyone's like, okay, we know it's coming. And then you see Henry break off for a 40-yard run, and you're like, but you knew. And he's not even fast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say he's faster than us. (laughs) That's that's definitely uh, safe to say. But the the Titans – Spoiler alert! Here, I do pick the Titans to take that division because they were able to lock up that core team. Right, and like I said, you know what they're going to do, and yet you can't stop it. Like when P, when teams know you're going to run the football, they know if they put eight in the box, they have a good chance. You could put ten out of eleven defensive players on the box, and Henry makes it through. Yep, so, even so you stop they, them the it's,
1: first, uh, they're not going to give up on it either. Even if you stop them the first ten times you know that defense gets tired and the titans have a strong defense of their own that they can they can afford to give him 20 25 carries every game and and eventually they're going to break down and and he is he's going to get through when that happens
0: and like you said it all comes back to using the run to set up the pass yep on the fifth time you go into the same I run formation you fake the handoff and flip it over the line and you move the chains yep moving right along Continuing to move the chains, (laughs) I think in our own home division of the NFC North, there's the Packers. There's the Vikings.
1: There's also the Lions.
0: Uh, Well, we just accept them. And then there's Chicago, our hometown, that has the same plague issue as many teams have had for years. And I don't know how to feel about this fourth-round pick trade to Jacksonville for the for Nick Foles,
1: hashtag could have drafted Mahomes. Anyway, moving <laughs> right along.
0: <laughs> hashtag could have drafted many a quarterback.
1: Uh, but yeah, they've been dealing with the they and their fans have been dealing with the Mitch Trubisky experience the past few years, uh, and it hasn't been that great. So they brought in some competition for him in uh, Nick Foles from the Jaguars, and yeah, it cost them a fourth round pick, and they're paying Too him much. I think seventeen million a year because they they're eating that contract but he's here now <laughs> and it's going to be super interesting because what we heard at the beginning of the offseason before COVID took over we heard that it was going to be a battle in camp training camp between Foles and Trubisky for the starting job obviously that hasn't happened teams are reporting I think they're supposed to start reporting to camp at the end of this week but there aren't going to be any preseason games so all the coaches will be going off of his what they see in practice and scrimmages uh, within the team to determine who's going to uh, take the starting role come week one.
0: And and I read uh, in an interview with Trubisky that really, really grabbed my attention. As we know, the Bears declined his fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. And he fully turned around and said that's what he expected. After last season's performance, he goes, they have every right, and I completely agree with the fact that, they did not take my fifth-year option. So for him, this year is a make it or break it. Yeah, so he's and motivated. <laughs> the motivation, and I think, like, granted, I think they paid too much for a motivating quarterback in Nick Foles. But I do think if Trubitsky wins the starting job, leaning on Nick Foles for the experience, all the different systems he's played for, I mean, yeah, I think that's a value... I think it's a lot to pay for a solid backup, which ultimately I do think Foles will back up Trubitsky.
1: Oh, you do? So you're picking Mitch to start week one? I am. How much – how strongly do you feel about that, Matt?
0: <laughs> Not strong enough to put money or jello on
1: it. <laughs> oh, darn. You saw where I was going. Okay. Um,
0: I, I feel I, – I feel – Decently confident, and though given the fact that Trubitsky knows what's at stake, if he mm. if he does not start week one, it's I don't want to say it. Right? Yeah, I, I really think I don't want to say his career is over, but at best he's going to be renegated to a bench backup. Uh-huh. And I think he is better than that. I just think he has such a big learning curve, and I think John Fox didn't help that. John Fox threw him in well underprepared when they could have suffered with Mike Glennon mm-hmm. and Didn't probably had year. the same results. So I think Fox set them back almost two thirds of a season, which would have been 2019.
1: Yeah, that's true. Cause you put in someone in a bad situation, they, um, that can they
0: develop bad habits
1: development. Yeah, exactly. And then you got to unlearn that before you can learn something new with uh, Matt Nagy coming in, it seemed like it would be a good thing for Mitch, and it might still be. It's just taken longer. What Will this be year three with
0: Matt Nagy? Is that right? Yes. In the first year, he did really well with Trubisky, and then they had a regression. Mm -hmm. Part of that was the injuries. Part of it was they didn't do design quarterback runs. So I'm going to take a shot at the play calling a little bit because at the end of last year, once they opened up the playbook a bit more to quarterback design runs, we saw the old Mitch back.
1: Right, because that's part of his skill set and part of what he did at, in, in college. And even though it was only one year as the starter, that was still something that he, he uses his legs a lot and uses them effectively.
0: So I think it's going to bear, bear down to
1: <laughs>
0: if, if they're willing to give Trubitsky the last shot and believe in his skill set, he's going to start. If they're going to take the safer route and go with the experience, Nick Foles gets the starting position.
1: Yeah, it makes sense because they got Foles for several years. They can afford uh, to give Mitch one more chance and then cut him loose, and they've still got Foles for two years. In the meantime, they could draft and develop someone else because Foles is 31,
0: I think. And he's played on as, what, 15? Something like that, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I I like the move for the team. Uh, They're going to maybe take – I just think they um... paid
0: too much for it. They paid too much for it.
1: right, Mm mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So we're just going to go through a few more briefly. Yeah, just a
1: couple quick hitters.
0: Uh, Falcons taking Todd Gurley. I think that, that's a big risk, but it's an interesting risk.
1: Yeah, and they're only paying $5 million for him. for the one. It's a one-year contract, so kind of like a prove-it deal. Let's see if that knee really is healthy or not. Um, uh, I was LA, shocked when uh, they cut him, by the way, the Rams. I remember seeing that notification that they cut Gurley, and, and I was like – that's got to be a mistake, but <laughs> no.
0: Well, I think it was just a matter of they needed contract. They needed they needed salary space, and that's a big contract they got rid of. The same thing when right. they gave Brandon Cooks. Fast segue: Brandon <laughs> Cooks to the Cardinals uh, to the Texans. I'm sorry. Uh
1: huh.
0: Um, which the Texans all of a sudden became the Texans and the Cardinals both became incredibly more interesting within one move. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. How did we not talk about this one yet? <laughs> this was the so other two
0: moves in reality. Yeah. So the Cardinals got a fourth round pick as well as DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans.
1: Yeah. Hopkins is, I mean, it's a, that was such a blockbuster trade. And then it was uh, going the other way. It was David Johnson being sent over to Houston, right? So yep. essentially they gave up uh, Hopkins and uh, some picks.
0: Hopkins in a fourth round.
1: And they got David Johnson in a second round back or something like that. Um, something like that. But just in terms of the players involved, Hopkins to the Cardinals is, is crazy. It's awesome. It's always exciting when a big name like that moves.
0: It brings in a question what is Bill O'Brien thinking?
1: Right, because the, then the rumors started coming out that he had a personal conflict with Hopkins. And it's like, okay. He's the one of the top three receivers in the league, though. You really you want to get but, rid of but that. But
0: like, not to take a shot at him, but look at who they brought in to replace Hopkins. They brought in Brandon Cooks, who's an aging receiver. And now it comes down to Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, who's also an aging slot receiver, and Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And I don't know why they just didn't say, okay, Will Fuller becomes wideout one. Randall Cobb's in the slot. It's time or move Randall Cobb to the outside and move Kiki Q T into the slot. Does Q T have mean, like a relevance to this offense anymore?
1: Well, I don't know because he has the same issue as Fuller and that he's been a, a bit injury prone. Um, so, and it definitely Cobb's skill set uh, seems to conflict with what Q T has done. Uh, so he's probably sitting in a backup role now.
0: I mean, I guess you can mitigate that if David Johnson stays healthy. And I'm assuming he's going to get the start ahead of Duke Johnson, being the fact that Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller are free agents this year.
1: Yeah, I would assume that too. And maybe they're hoping they're getting like, let's say, 2016 David Johnson, not what we saw last year.
0: Well, that was, I think, the Cardinals' fault.
1: As was 2018. Yeah. And he was hurt last year, so you don't know how much that played into it. But that's what they're banking on, right? They're banking on getting that
0: because he can both catch and run out of the back, right. and that's yep. what they need as an additional receiving threat. Eric Ebron to the Steelers for two years. Love this move. Um, the NFL people who know supposedly more than us do only graded it a C, but I graded at least a B minus, so a little bit better. Um. Because I think Eric Ebron being a big receiving target with, you know, granted that was back with uh, Andrew Luck, he had 13 touchdowns with Luck. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if they utilize him in the red zone a lot more, a lot more effectively, I think he outpaces Vance McDonald.
1: Yeah, McDonald's been a pretty disappointing uh, signing for them. I mean, I guess last year you kind of just throw away because no Roethlisberger. Uh, but he certainly hasn't been what they thought they were getting. So it total it makes total sense to me that they would bring in Ebron. Uh really quick here, Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. I, I always love that when a guy goes stays in the division but goes to new team. So he's gonna see his old team twice next year. Um and vice versa, they're gonna see him too. That I love Revenge. I love games. the revenge game uh storyline. What else do we got here? Oh, this is kind I- of a big one the bills uh the bills traded for the vikings wide receiver Stephon diggs
0: let's be prepared to see diggs frustrated because josh allen can't throw the ball on point half the time
1: you <laughs> can throw it deep though you can throw it far and that's what uh stefan diggs likes i think he led the league in 20 plus yard catches last year yeah. um,
0: as long as he can throw it far and into the right person's hands will be okay
1: yes <laughs> that will be the trick and Diggs is an interesting case because uh, there were reports all the year, last year with Minnesota, that he was frustrated with Cousins and unhappy with the offense. But the Bills are sort of the same in a sense in that they want to be a run-first team as well. They're kind of a low-passing-volume offense. Uh, so you wonder if, if Diggs will have the same issues.
0: Hopefully here. they'll use the tactic like like a lot of other teams. will. They'll use the run to set up the pass.
1: Right, and Diggs definitely comes in, I think. In my opinion, he comes in. He's the number one. He replaces John Brown as the number one target in this offense.
0: So Do you think John Brown moves to the slot or to the opposite outside?
1: Uh, Opposite outside because they still got Cole Beasley. But uh, I think That's Diggs true. is still going to be the, the number one receiver here. So hopefully he'll get enough volume to keep him happy.
0: One of my favorites was the hoop loop over the Browns. The what? Austin. The hoop loop over to the Browns. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Austin Hooper for four years to the Browns. I think he's a much. I think he's way more reliable with his hands than David Njoku was. Yeah. I think that you know Kevin Stefanski's offense is way more tight end friendly, so I think he's going to see an uptick in volume, and um, he has become the NFL's new highest paid tight end. So so the Browns made a move with not only the trades but the bank. And he has a great cast um to be the top three target behind Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And being the fact that there isn't much wideout depth behind those two, I think we're gonna see um a lot more routes run by by Hooper than he was doing in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, a lot of two tight end sets probably um with him and Njoku both on the field. Unless they end up trading him because there were some rumors swirling a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to trade uh, so we'll see what happens there
0: Greg the the, the lustrious leg goes to the Cowboys I think that's going to help the Cowboys kick game but I'm surprised that the Rams were willing to let him go
1: Yeah I feel like this is actually a pretty big deal as big an impact as a kicker can make on a team I think I think Greg is that impact he's he's a great kicker probably the best kicker in the league right now
0: Jaguars upgrade their defense with inside linebacker inside linebacker Joe Schobert for five years, fifty three and three quarter million. Um, that's a big contract. That's and he, he and he was he was great with the Browns. I loved him on the Browns. Um, mm. He's not he's not a, a force to be reckoned with, but he's definitely impactful and definitely need the 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 Jaguars needed that.
1: Uh, another team that needed an impactful player was the Eagles, and they addressed that by trading for uh, Darius Slay, cornerback from the Lions. This was a, a really interesting move to me. Um, we, as we saw in the Amazon Prime series, all or nothing <laughs> with the Eagles last year, there were definitely times when their pass defense was lacking uh, or injured <laughs> as uh, they brought in a kind of a revolving door of free agents to help out during the season. So they shore that up quite a bit with Darius Slay, who he's, I think he's 29. He's been in the league for a while. Uh, he's got a bunch of Pro Bowls under his belt. He's been widely regarded as one of the best uh, pass defenders in the NFC. And all. And it cost him a third and a fifth round pick. So pretty significant. Uh, but I think the move is going to be great for, uh, for Philly in that pass
0: defense. Another move that's good for a team as a contingency plan is the Las Vegas Raiders decided to pick up Marcus Mariota for a two-year contract, which I believe is a really good backup to Derek Carr, given Carr is what makes me nervous about the Raiders' offense.
1: Yeah, this one's interesting to me. I feel like, uh, yes, he's a backup for now, but I don't know that Gruden is going to have a particularly long leash for Carr. I think he, if, if things play out in a certain way, he could easily make the switch. And hand that offense over to Mariota.
0: How about the Chargers franchise tagging Hunter Henry? Yeah,
1: I like it. He'll be a good ta- uh, target for Tarad Taylor, uh, taking over QB now uh, back with Buffalo. I think he, I believe he was a guy by the name of Charles Clay had some relevance at tight end. You know, not someone who has done anything since, but with uh, with Taylor at QB, he he did produce that one or one or two seasons. So I think Taylor likes to use the tight end and.
0: They don't have a lot of depth either behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I think we're going to see a bigger production out of Hunter Henry than we may have expected. So I see this franchise tag as a you know do-it-or-lose-it type thing. And I do like the uh, – and speaking of tight ends, Falcons got rid of Austin Hooper, but they picked up Hayden Hurst. So I think it's a good recovery. Granted, they paid a second- and fifth-round pick for him. It's a big price to pay, but they need that receiving tight end, and I think they're going to get it out of Hayden Hurst, who wouldn't have been used nearly as much in Baltimore due to the fact he would be behind Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle.
1: Right, yeah. But when he got the chance in Baltimore, he did uh, take advantage, so definitely seems like he can be a, a productive target in Atlanta.
0: Not to go too much longer, but I just have one bigger question in regards to the last franchise tag player. Are you ready? Yes do you think we will see AJ Green return to Cincinnati, being the fact he was a fran- he was franchise tagged for eighteen million?
1: Mm. Green's a tricky one. I, I mean, I think we'll definitely see him this year, but uh, that team is is uh, they're starting a youth movement. <laughs> you know they had the first overall pick. In the draft this year, and they they used it on uh, quarterback from LSU. What is wrong with me? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. That's the one.
0: How do you? Oh man. I don't
1: know. It's been a long day. This is the second show we've recorded today. It's lunchtime. I'm
0: now taking applications for a radio host partner.
1: <laughs> yeah, they got Joe Burrow with the number one pick. They drafted uh, a receiver with the I think end of the first round or first pick of the second round. They took a receiver too. So. Um, they've got a very deep receiving core. Tyler Boyd's already there. They took um, John Ross a couple of years ago, uh, Speedster. So a bunch of young guys and AJ Green is the one who sticks out as you know, the, the veteran of the group, uh, the veteran who's missed a lot of games recently due to uh, various injuries. So to answer your question, I think we definitely see him this year, but open questions and do what happens afterwards. I would not be surprised if he plays somewhere else in 2021.
0: On that one, I can't really argue with you on that one. I, I do think it's an interesting setup because, you know, he was hurt last season, so we didn't get a ton out of him. He has been the go-to for Andy Dalton for a while, but he is aging as well and has started to struggle to stay fully healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. And I bet he'll be decently productive this year, and probably uh, probably sign a, a not a long term contract, but you know, probably a multi year deal somewhere. Somewhere like New England will probably get him next year. Yeah. So he's only thirty one, which in receiver years is is definitely getting up there, but not at the end of his career uh, for sure. That being said, though, I don't see it continuing with the Bengals past this season, probably. Yeah.
0: So I think that does a pretty good job of just some big name stuff that's gone on with the uh, with the with the off season. Yeah, um, there's probably a few minor ones left to come, or maybe another major one as we get close. But without preseason, it's kind of hard to tell.
1: Right, and we'll also see if any any injuries pop up. That's another thing that prompts you know last minute trades and signings. Uh, I think some notable guys that are still out there that have not yet been signed are or at least one on my mind is Devante Freeman. We mentioned the um, Falcons let him go and sign Gurley, which is definitely an upgrade, I believe, and a good signing for them. But Freeman, it's a little surprising to me that he hasn't been able to find work yet. But I heard he just got a new agent for whatever that's worth. I I bet he'll land somewhere before the season starts. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Is there anyone else still out there that you can think of?
0: Not offhand, I mean, oh, there have been a lot of franchises. Like thirteen players got franchise tag this year, or maybe twelve now. Yeah, it's Derek Henry got resigned, so quite a lot. But uh, nothing off the top of my head that warrants in more in-depth discussion yeah. that I can think of. I mean, we covered the big ones in our our ratings, if you will, on those um, makes non-interesting teams a bit more interesting to watch, like the Cardinals and the Texans.
1: Hey, careful who you're calling not interesting. Just wait till you hear my sleeper playoff picks.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah, so I guess
0: we'll we'll wrap up here. Any parting thoughts? Just fingers crossed, 2020 kicks off with a bang. Fingers crossed
1: it kicks off at all. But yeah, I free agency is always my favorite part of the offseason. It's it's so fun seeing familiar names in new places at the beginning of every year. And as expected, this offseason has been no different.
0: Absolutely. All right. Nice talking to you, Matt. Just kidding. Pleasure's mine, Mike. I'd have to go take a couple of uh, blood pressure pills now, but we'll be fine.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys next time.
0: See you in the guys in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2 M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.